Welcome to the Superhuman Registration Podcast. My name is Aldo, and if we had a studio, I would be sitting in it by myself today. This is one of our older style fill-in issues. I don't think we've done one of these in a while. I think the last one we might have done was on Brian Michael Bendis, and that was John before that. Oh, that was, uh, yeah, that was last year. Before that, it was a 2019 episode with Steven talking about Santa Amanat. If you want more content, I actually do recommend those episodes. They're very well done. They're very good. Those guys like to do the research. I'm just kind of winging it today. But before we start winging it, um, you know, I do want to give, I guess, a shout out to my fellow podcasters, Stephen and John, who are busy being experienced and new family men, both off doing their own ventures at this moment. And I'm just going to pick it up the... I don't want to say slack because that's not fair to them because they're obviously very busy and they're very tired. But I am just filling in the the void of, the, of what would be another week without, you know, your your uh, comic book goodness needs, I hope. Anyways, without further delaying the inevitable, I want to talk about one of my favorite artists of all time. His name is Umberto Ramos. He is a penciler, sometimes inker, but most well-known for his work on Spider-Man. He was really introduced into the Spider-Man, I guess, Hall of Fame, or really kind of the Marvel cast of, of writers and artists around 2010-ish, which was around the same time that they rebooted Spider-Man with Dan Slott when they did the big-time Spider-Man, which I think is kind of the Spider-Man renaissance. That's kind of when they went back a little bit to basics. They kind of grounded him a little bit. Of course, that also set up a really good foundation for actually, funny enough, the Peter or the Parker Foundation and like a lot of the more wackier stuff. But, you know, you kind of have to build it back down. You have to tear it down in order to build it back up again. Humberto Ramos is a Mexican artist working for Marvel, which I thought was really interesting because a lot of artists and writers, at least in my head, are United States based, right? There's a couple of them who kind of travel the country, maybe travel a little bit outside even more. But every time you kind of watch videos or recordings or interviews and stuff like that, a lot of them are kind of United States based. Ramos, since the beginning of his career, not just in Marvel, but back in Cliffhanger Comics, Image, and all that stuff, was working from Mexico. When Ramos started his career, he was doing a lot of long distance phone calls, which back in the 90s were not very cheap. He was doing a lot of faxing of like documentation and artwork and a lot of that type of stuff which also not cheap and very timely faxes used to take hours according to like interviews that i've been watching of ramos and specifically i was watching a ted talk that he did in mexico if you can understand it because they don't have any officially translated captions on it i do highly recommend watching that ted talk of his it's about 20 minutes long and he talks a lot about his entry into the field and kind of what his goal was as a kid he really enjoyed the spider-man comics specifically the amazing spider-man line of comic books is what got him interested not just in the character or the industry but in becoming an artist that's what he wanted to do and in that ted talk he talks a lot about small goals which when you work in scrum or kind of any other sort of life coaching type thing a lot of the things they talk to you about are smaller goals that feed into a larger goal 
Umberto Ramos's big goal was to work on Amazing Spider-Man. And not just any Spider-Man title, specifically the mainline, The Amazing Spider-Man. And in his TED Talk, he really does talk a lot about a lot of the smaller goals, right? One of the smaller goals was like learning how to do the industry, then going to San Diego Comic-Con to introduce his portfolio to editors. After that, it was to get hired. After that, it was to, you know, work on a mainline book. After that, it was to work at Marvel. And then after that, so on and so on and so forth, until he finally was one of the artists for Amazing Spider-Man. Ramos entered the Spider-Man stuff or the Spider-Man line of books with Spectacular Spider-Man. He worked on the Peter Parker Spider-Man stuff. He he did a lot of of the different Spider-Man books. And it wasn't until he was added to the big time Spider-Man reboot that he really worked. He really achieved his goal of working on the amazing Spider-Man. Shortly after that, a few years later, Ramos and Dan Slott relaunched Amazing Spider-Man to what I think is Volume 3 as part of the Marvel Now kind of set of reboots. That reboot at the time was considered one of the best-selling comics of the 21st century. Not so much anymore, I guess, you know, I want to say disappointingly so, but that's, that's not fair, right? Because a lot of the stuff that has come after that has been the Detective Comics 1000, the Star Wars number one book uh, after Marvel picked it up in 2015, that Detective Comics was in 2019, and Ramos's book, or you know the one he worked on with uh, Dan Slott, is still number three of like best selling of all time. Number four below him is Secret Wars number one, and one more before that, number five, is Amazing Spider-Man: The Obama Issue. So. You know, still a really, a really great accomplishment for, for an artist who at the time had maybe been working three, four years on a book. So apart from Spider-Man, what else has Ramos done? Simultaneously has done quite a bit, but also not as much as you kind of expect, or at least as you see in other people. I don't want to say that he was blinded or that he had tunnel vision, but Ramos is really passionate about Spider-Man. So he didn't really find a whole lot of other stuff to kind of do aside from that. Early in his career, when he was working at Wildstorm, he was a co-creator and artist for a series called Crimson that ran for, I think it was around 24 issues plus a special. Crimson has a bit of a cult following, but really not a whole lot more around that. He was also the main artist on the Impulse series with Mark Wade back in DC. After that character had been relaunched as Bart Allen. I think that's the child of Barry Allen or some sort of descendant. But point is, after he had been relaunched and they had given him his own series, Ramos was the artist on that. He was pretty influential on that run. Amongst those things, kind of switching back to Marvel, some of the more interesting creations that he's helped with. He helped with the Champions book which was him reuniting with Mark Wade as they kind of helped create that team. And that team is composed of a lot of the younger heroes. You have like a young Scott Summers. You have Amadeus Cho as the Hulk. You have Miss Marvel and Miles Morales. And I believe you even have Viv, the daughter of Vision, on that team. After that, Ramos would then go on to work on Strange Academy with Scotty Young. And this is actually a really interesting story that he divulged on a a podcast with Jim Mint. 
is the YouTube channel. And he talks a lot about how apparently Scotty Young was a was a really big fan of Ramos uh, kind of growing up and entering the industry. Which is kind of, which is fair to say, because Ramos has been in the industry since the early 90s and has continued strong. He's reaching 30 years as a comic book artist and he is 50 as of the time of recording. So he's been in the industry quite a while. Scotty Young, when he was pitching this book, the Strange Academy book, which is kind of X-Men or Charles Xavier for, for the magical side of Marvel, when he was pitching this book, they asked him, you know, who do you want to do the art for it? Which is a little surprising that they wouldn't just want Scotty Young to do the art if he was already writing it. But I guess they don't want him to pull double duty on a single book. And he suggested, or he wanted Ramos. He didn't want anybody else. And kind of the challenge with that was that Ramos at the time was still working on Spider-Man. And he was able to convince him to join, you know, to join him on that Strange Academy book. And I believe this was also around the same time that Ryan Otley was also on Spider-Man. And they were rotating every five issues. So every five issues, for five issues, you have Ryan Otley doing the art. And then you switch after that back to Ramos doing the art. So I think that's probably part of the reason why that was happening was to also help him get on this book. Another thing I wanted to bring up that's not necessarily Marvel related and definitely is uh, Ramos related is that Ramos is working on a book, or has worked on a book. I don't know if the book is out yet. It doesn't seem like it. But it's a collaboration between himself and Guillermo Arriaga, who is a Mexican author and screenwriter, most probably best recognized for Babel. He wrote that, which is part of like a trilogy of films he did. That screenwriter and Ramos are working on a comic book together called Anna. Anna is a collaboration kind of brought on by the Save the Children Foundation, which is about a girl, like a Honduran girl, immigrating to the United States and having to travel through Mexico, which a lot of immigrants, when they travel from other countries that are not Mexico, typically have to travel through Mexico. And I thought it was really interesting that this Mexican filmmaker, this Mexican comic book artist, are making a book about a non Mexican immigrant that has to travel through Mexico and I think it just kind of brings to light how much more common that is that we realize and how common has it to be that Mexicans when they think of that they don't just think of themselves immigrating to the United States but they think of the people that have to travel through their country to do the same that book Anna is coming out soon I I believe it's also notable for being one of Ramos's few non-superhero works that he's done he's done quite a few of them but this is kind of notable because it's that it's also kind of like a humanitarian thing so it's it's really interesting to see him kind of getting that sort of recognition ramos isn't a super public figure he's pretty reserved from what i can tell there's not a lot of interviews with him and when there are a lot of the interviews are about kind of what books he's working on or, or how he's liking the city that he's visiting for whatever comic book convention. He's a pretty reserved guy. So kind of finding that TED talk where he talked a lot about his origins, it was really interesting uh, to kind of hear him tell that story. I've seen a few interviews with him on YouTube where they ask him, you know, how did you get started? And he talks, yeah, you know, back in the day, you know, I thought it was pretty good. 
to at drawing, so I went to San Diego Comic Con and gave him my portfolio, and that's how I got in. But really, the story, the actual full story behind that was a lot more interesting than, than he makes it seem in some of those shorter interviews. So before I kind of close off talking about Umberto Ramos, I do want to talk a little bit about his influence, or what has influenced him, because we've talked a little bit about how he's influenced you know, other artists or, or writers, I guess. And the one specific example I gave, which was Scotty Young. But he was really kind of inspired specifically by Adam Warren. He's mentioned Adam Warren several times. And I think that's kind of notable. Because when people talk about Umberto Ramos's art style, they kind of talk a lot about the manga and anime type influence that's kind of evident in the work. And he says that he's not really interested in anime or manga. He doesn't have anything against it. It's just not really his thing. Surprisingly enough, though, he does acknowledge the influence in his art style, mostly because he does talk a lot about how he was really influenced by Adam Warren's art and like Joe Mad's art. Joe, who he worked alongside Joe Madureira. Madureira, I think is how you pronounce it. A lot of people just say Joe Mad because it's easier. But he talks a lot about being influenced and kind of inspired by their work. And those two individuals were actually pretty big fans of the anime and manga styles. I think Joe Mad and Adam Warren purposely kind of adopted some of the influence and style into their own artwork, while Ramos, kind of being inspired by their work, kind of absorbed it just as a side effect. So I thought that was something really interesting that I kind of wanted to point out before I kind of wrapped up on Ramos. So I think if there's any like one thing I, I kind of want to take away from, from Ramos's story, and I think that's something we all try to to do right when we look at these people who inspire us and with Ramos I think for me the thing is you know small goals that's what got him to where he is and granted it's not like just super little goals right because I think baby steps aren't enough to get you from point A to point B they're good to get you started but your small goals have to be ambitious his small goals went from ranged from you know going to a to a convention in a country and language that he didn't understand. He had to take those risks. He dropped out of college to pursue this career path. And he really did kind of pursue it, you know, full force. He he went to another country in a language he didn't understand to one of the biggest, like, well, I think at the time, probably the only comic book convention around and, you know, kind of put himself out there. And I think what's interesting is a lot of his friends that he went with kind of got rejected. Just like he did as well. But that's the way he took that in stride is because they told him he wasn't good enough now. But they could tell he had talent. And they told him to come back next year. And he took that to heart. He took that and kind of that was his next goal, right? His first goal was to go there and show his portfolio. It wasn't to get hired. It was to put himself out there in the industry his next goal was to get hired and you know he kind of works like that and i think that's kind of the important thing is to kind of set up these small goals set yourself up to succeed you know you can accomplish pretty much anything and i think that's really great also not not that the irony is lost on me i don't think it's irony i just think it's funny it's a bit of a stereotype that mexicans love spider-man and i think it's kind of almost poetic that one of the most prolific comic book artists or you know spider-man artists is a mexican and i think to me personally as another mexican that's a little inspiring that's quite that's quite inspiring to me and i appreciate you know kind of being able to see that